good to welcome you here this morning. Thank you for coming out and worshiping with us today. Over the, well, it's easy to read uh, stories and accounts and statistics about how many churches are closing and how many people are dropping out of uh, what might be considered organized religion. But at the same time, there's quite a bit of a, at least a secular movement uh, of a quest for spiritual things and spirituality. I read an article this week that talks about signs of spirituality. Share a couple of those with you. One is feeling uh, peaceful with uh, meditation and other mindful practices. Another is avoiding negative people and behaviors. Another sign of spirituality is feeling compassionate and positive, asking questions about life and death, finding meaning and purpose in life, being hopeful when things are challenging, believing that life is, a, is sacred and should be embraced, having a greater level of empathy and intuition, feeling at peace while being alone, feeling connected with your soul, having a strong sense of self-worth, and believing that life is sacred and should be embraced. Another definition is traditionally spirituality referred to a religious process of reformation which aims to recover the original shape of man oriented at the image of God. Psychology Today describes says spirituality means different things to different people. For some, it's primarily about a belief in God and active participation in organized religion. From the very well mind, it says spirituality is the broad concept of a belief in something beyond the self. It strives to answer questions about the meaning of life, and so on and so forth. So there is a quest for spirituality, and some of those things that I, I read there, although that was from a secular publication, I propose to you that uh, that they are trying to achieve what we as what we as believers try to achieve through a relationship with Jesus Christ. They are trying to achieve by more like self-realization. In the section of Scripture before us today, Paul comes to the subject of spiritualities and spiritual gifts. He will move into that subject of spiritual gifts over the next couple of weeks. Most of you are here today because you have a degree of spirituality. Some of us have an intimate relationship with God the Father through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Others are seeking that. Some of you may not be certain why you are here although God knows, and the reason that you are here is that you might reach out and find him even though he is not far from each one of us. So in our remaining time this morning, I want to talk with you about what I've called five characteristics of spirituality or five characteristics of Christian spirituality or spiritual gifts. Five characteristics of spiritual gifts, that's S. A B, a capital S, as in from the Holy Spirit, not just a secular spirituality. 
But number one, it is grounded in truth. Spiritual gifts, with a capital S, is grounded in truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. He said, before you knew the Lord, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray, in this case to mute idols, but I would say in our society, it would be something different than mute idols. Not too many of us are bowing down to idols today, but we sure do spend time being influenced and led astray in different areas. We are led astray somehow or other, influenced by outside forces and acted upon oftentimes by false doctrines and thinking. For one, you cannot watch too many news broadcasts without hearing about our serious issue of mental health. When did all this bad mental health, where did it come from? When did it come about? What is behind it? Secular thinking. Secular thinking refers to it as mental illness. The Bible calls it a depraved mind which a depraved mind literally is a mind that doesn't function properly. It doesn't function properly, and it is brought on mostly by sexual immorality. We don't dare call it that. Who are you to judge? Good point. But it doesn't change the fact that we are witnessing a rapid increase in mental illness or a depraved mind exactly like it speaks about in Romans chapter 1. So it might not be moot idols that we fall down before, but it sure could, what it sure something that definitely is behind it is the thinking and the practice of sexual morality in our society. And it has influenced us and it has led us astray. Now, let me let me change subjects here just, just kind of for the just for the fun of it. I have a little demonstration for you. I don't know why this came, where this came to me or why this came to me, and I'm just, I'm just having fun with it. That's all. This is a, a representation of our atmosphere. And all of the white that you see there represents the oxygen and nitrogen that make up 99% of our atmosphere. Now, there are three black dots on there, and if you're in the back and you can't see it, that's designed that way. But there are three black dots on there, and those represent how much carbon is and, and, uh, and the greenhouse gases are in the atmosphere prior to the Industrial Revolution, prior to driving your car here today and burning gas. Oh, it's upside down. I'll turn it over. So these three little black dots stretched across there, those are drawn to scale, incidentally. That is a scale drawing of how much carbon was in the atmosphere prior to driving your car. Now, there's one more up here, this red one or pink one. That represents the additional carbon that is now in the atmosphere as a result of the last couple of hundred years uh, following the Industrial Revolution. So I'm just trying to help you understand uh, 
kind of how the, when we talk about, well, just to, to get an idea of, of, on a scaled, how this all works. As I said, the black represent carbon prior to internal combustion, and the red one, the red one is our problem. That's what's causing all the glaciers to melt. Now, we have the second lowest level of CO2 probably ever recorded right now, but you can still see the problem that it causes. And if this was a picture of your lungs or your brain, I wouldn't be making fun of it. Those spots would be something to be concerned about. And as I said, I'm poking fun at this. I don't know. I don't know if that one little dot really is our problem or not. But I do know this. I do know we have a lot bigger problems than this. And I cannot help, I cannot listen to the news and every week when there is a natural disaster someplace for someone to say that this is caused by climate control, when that little teeny dot, might, there might be something else behind it. But this, this, whatever, it influences our thinking. And in some cases, I think could even lead us astray. For sure, it keeps us thinking and worried and anxious. My goodness, we've got to do something to save the world. You repeat a lie long enough and people begin to believe it. Or let's change gears. Let's go to evolution. Pick on that a little bit. If evolution is correct in that you came from nothing, if in fact for one moment, non-living matter became living matter. We throw out all the science that went into proving that isn't the case and pasteurization and all of that. But we know for one minute somehow life started. Well, if it just came about, then it's really not that big a deal. The taking of life, well, somebody might not think it's appropriate, but if there's no absolute right or wrong, if it just randomly happened, then no big deal if it randomly doesn't happen. Or women's health issues. It's only tissue. It's my body. Okay, so <clears throat> you see, we're influenced. And the pagans are totally influenced. And it may not be an idol. We're totally influenced, but the pagans are totally influenced by this kind of thinking. So people are searching spiritually. They're looking for something to give them some peace. We all are. As I shared earlier, the world is looking for the things that Christians are supposed to have. We have them and celebrate them through Jesus Christ. The world would like to get them without having to go through Jesus Christ. Daryl, are you still with us? Would you, would you, could you stand up for one second? I'm going to help you. Okay. Thank you. Are you familiar with the lotus position? No. Okay. <clears throat> well, the lotus position is where you're going to sit on the floor and you're going to cross your legs. Okay. And you're going to take your right foot and you're going to put it on your left thigh. And you take your left foot and you put it on the right thigh. You gonna help me up? 
I will. You can sit back down. Now, Jack Botus helped me in the, earlier, in the earlier session, and he said, I can't do that. I called him up because he had one knee replaced. I had two replaced, and I knew I couldn't do it. So if finding a spiritual answer requires sitting in a certain position and crossing my legs and holding my hands like this, I can't do it if that's what's required. But thank heavens, that's not what's required. That's not what is required. Over in John chapter 4, verse 21, and I'm impressed that you were awake this late in the service, Daryl. I am too. Because <laughs> when I looked at you earlier, I was wondering if I was going to make it in time. I had to, you were praying. I thank you, and I needed it. In John chapter 4, verse 21, Jesus says... To the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. True spirituality, true worship is rooted in truth. Spiritual gifts are grounded in truth. You want spirituality, true experience with God, with the Father? We must worship him in spirit and in truth. I played Pilate a number of years, for a number of years in the last days of Jesus. And Pilate's great question is truth. You speak of truth. Corey played this role. Tell me what is truth. Okay. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that takes us to number two. Spiritual gifts are rooted in ichthus. In ichthus. Now, ichthus is a Greek word for fish. Maybe you have a ichthus or a Jesus fish on your car or some place. We had a Jesus fish carved in our tile in our old church on the floor. Why a fish? Why a Jesus fish? The early Christians at different times were persecuted because they worshipped and pledged allegiance to Jesus. In Rome there was one supreme Lord and that was Caesar. But the Christians refused to denounce Jesus and pledge their allegiance to Caesar. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, Paul continues, and he says, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So he's referring to a test here that some of the Christians may have been, uh, may have been familiar with. Curse Jesus. If it was illegal at times and Christians were being persecuted at times 
for following Christ. And so they would be, if they were arrested and brought before the authorities, they would tell them, curse, curse Christ and say that Caesar is Lord and we'll let you go. Otherwise, we're going to feed you to the lions. Well, there was another alternative. Avoid that. Hide. Don't get caught. Hide out in the catacombs. Hide out in the graveyard. Mark the graves of your deceased and mark the walls on the walls there of your intentions, the fact that you have been here. The catacombs were rooms and passageways outside the city and underground. And oftentimes Christians would, would carve that fish in the wall. They would mark the fish, the Jesus fish there. Now why was fish a symbol of Christianity? I think because of the acrostic that, that speaks to our faith that, is, that comes out of that word, and I put that there for you. It is rooted in ichthus. The first letter, the, the Greek letter, is an I there, and, and it stands for Jesus. Iesus. Iesus in Greek is the name of Jesus. The next one is the X, or the chi. That is the first letter in Christos. The next two letters, TH, theta, stands for theos or God. The fifth letter, a U, stands for the word weos, which is son. And S stands for Savior. So you had this statement of faith, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. To say that Jesus is Lord by the Holy Spirit is to acknowledge, in one sense, that this is who he is. That he is the second member of the Godhead, equal to the Father, the only begotten. Keep in mind that when you create something, you create something of different matter. When you beget something, you make it of the same matter. When it speaks that Jesus is the only begotten of the, of the Father, he's the same matter. He's made out of everything that makes up the Father. He is one with the Father. He is Savior of the world. And it's this point that separates every religion and philosophy from Christianity. No other religion believes this about Jesus. And Jesus tells us that he is the way. He is the only way to God, the Father, and eternal life. And unless the Holy Spirit enables you to accept that, and you may be able to say it, but you cannot say it with meaning without the Holy Spirit quickening the Spirit in your, in your being. So the foundation of any spiritual gift that we'll be looking at over the next few weeks rests on the truth of who Jesus is. There is no one else like him in all of history, in all of the world ever. And once you have received him, the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Godhead, comes in and gifts you. He gives you gifts of service. Now there is a difference between natural gifts and spiritual gifts. We all have natural talents. 
abilities, aptitudes, things we're good at, things we can do to make a living, things that we can do to enjoy life. They are not spiritual gifts unless given after the point of salvation by the Holy Spirit. You may be a really good school teacher, but may or may not have the spiritual gift of teaching. You may be a terrible public school teacher, but have a spiritual gift of teaching, being able to teach God's word in the church or in the counseling setting. You may be a great administrator in the world, but not know the first thing about administration in the church. They are different. The world has employees that are paid, and they operate on the, the basis of profits. In the church, we have volunteers, and we operate on the basis of donation. So the gift of administration is vastly different. But it's rooted, it's rooted in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And number three, it is manifested in diversity of gifts. It is manifested in diversity of gifts. All Christians have at least one spiritual gift. We do not and should not all look alike in our service or in our working. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but God works all of them in all men. I, uh, my cable TV package, I have, uh, what, sun... Sun Life or Sun, well, anyway, it's just the, the network that uh, Jimmy Swaggart and Donnie Swaggart own. From time to time, I look over there just to see how the other half's living. I tune in on Joel Osteen once in a while to kind of follow him. I look at Ray Steadman a lot and Chuck Swindoll and Dave Roper. We're all called to deliver the same message, but the delivery and approach and scope are very different. You have a spiritual gift. Many are gifted with the gift of helps. It's probably the most widespread gift. But it is different in each one of us. Some use that gift to serve in the kitchen. Appreciate the great meal that was provided at the after the funeral dinner yesterday. It's people with gifts of helps that make that possible. For others, they spend hours and hours cleaning bricks after the fire. Still others will paint and serve and teach and pray. All different gifts, different kinds of service, different kinds of working. Maybe you, on more than one occasion, in fact, uh, someone called me last night and said, do you have, a, do you have an extra uh, a pressure switch for a pump? Well, I just so happened to have one. Their, their pump had gone out. And so I said, well, I'll meet you halfway. I've located it, and, and, I, and I was glad to be able to do it. The other day, Mitch was pouring a lot of cement up at uh, up Big Willow. I was getting ready for a funeral. He called and said, we really desperately need some donuts up here. <laughs> I said, all I've got is an hour, and I've got to be ready to go to a funeral. But I said, if I can make it happen, I will. And I was able to luckily get donuts there just in the nick of time and still make everything work. You all have those kind of things that you just kind of feel good helping people do things. Helping people do things. Maybe it's fixing a roof. 
Maybe it's pouring cement, whatever it is. Maybe it's going down and serving at L.A. I heard Troy was talking about this year when we were down on Skid Row, we're hoping to be able to serve in the soup kitchen there and serve a meal there. Gwen Brown is hoping that we will bring some people over to help her do vacation Bible school while we're in L.A. Some will say, why go to L.A.? Why, why not go to the Boise Rescue Mission? Go. Go. We have different. It's different. It's different. We're all different, but the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. We're all called to something different. God works all of them in all men. Of any gift that I've ever had, and actually I, I like the spiritual gifts. I like using them. I like the, the satisfaction I get from it. I would hate to not be able to preach. But then I think about it, I'd hate to not be able to help. Then I think about it, I'd hate to not be able to encourage. There are diversity of gifts, but one Lord, one Father, one Spirit. And number four, they are given for the common good. Now to each one, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, in interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one as he determines. Now in the coming weeks, we'll take a look at the different spirits, in a, the different gifts in a little bit more detail. But for now, the point is that the gift is not given for your individual, my individual benefit. Let's go back to the lotus position. Spiritualities, spiritual gifts, do not come to us sitting around looking at our belly buttons if we can even still see them. They're given for the common good. They're given, they're meant to, 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 be, to go out and to serve and to be shared. They're given for the common good. And five, they're given by the Spirit. That's number five. They're given by or through the Spirit. I was talking with my wife about this, uh, about this thing this morning. You connect best with God when you connect with people, not sitting around staring at your navel. The fruit of the Spirit, the evidence that the Spirit is present, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. And nearly all of those describe how we are to treat and interact with one another. At least half of them describe healthy relationships with others. How we conduct our class, how we conduct ourselves. I had a gal share this morning on the way out. She's new here within the last three or four weeks and brings three younger children. And she says, it's a lot easier. She says, I find it a lot easier to get my kids to Sunday school than to get them to school during the week. 
should all day yesterday, they're talking about getting to go to church, getting to go to Sunday school, getting to go to discipleship tomorrow. Thank you for making this a place that children want to bring their parents, that it's easy to get their parents to come here. Children want to be here. Thank you for displaying patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and love and joy and peace and self-control. Your gift is given to you for the common good by the Spirit. Someone said last week, I'm going to have to step back from the job that I'm doing because, uh, because it's just not working. So, well, you may not be getting everything done you would like, but keep in mind that 20% of the people are doing about 80% of the ministry. So if you quit, then that gets us down to about 19% of the people still having to do that much or more. Verse 11 says that each one is given a gift. Verse 6 says to all men, all men, each one is gifted for the common by the Spirit. If 100% of us did what 20% are attempting to do, we would accomplish five times more ministry than is now getting done. I'll let you work on that math later. Do you have a quest for spirituality? Read your Bible. Pray. Worship. Serve. And as we do that, like the sap that flows up through a tree that nourishes the tree and brings about fruit in season. The Holy Spirit begins to flow through you, through your life and limbs, and fruit begins to appear. The fruit of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of goodness, of gentleness, self-control. Those are signs of spirituality. Those are signs, those, that is fruit of the evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Signs that you're on the right path. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your spirit that gifts each one of us after you've called us. I thank you, Father, for the, the way those gifts were demonstrated this week in so, so many ways. From today, from teaching, from serving in the kitchen, from folding inserts, from greeting, from welcoming to teaching and, and everything and then to back it up and see yesterday the outpouring of your spirit and the and the the manifestation of the gifts of helps as as people on short notice gathered to prepare a a, a funeral dinner uh, for a grieving family and then father to back it up and see the same a similar kind of thing happen the day before lord i thank you for the great privilege of being able to be able to be used by you in your work 
in your kingdom. And Lord, you have gifted every believer in this room with one or more gifts to be used for the common good. And I rejoice in that. And I thank you. And I, and I acknowledge that there isn't a gift that is not there, that is lacking, if we'll just use it, if we'll just use what you've given us. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I ask that you would help each one of us to take away what you want us to hear today, that you would help each one of us to grow, be the kind of person you'd have us to be. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being